Jack, damn it, Jackie, wake up. Oh, now you're up. Jesus, man, I've been trying to wake you for at least the past five minutes. Jack slowly opened his eyes. As soon as he could focus in the darkness, he saw his brother glaring at him. Heading home to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Jeremy insisted on switching from a Jeep Cherokee to the Nissan Altima just east of Birmingham. It was the only way to ensure the ever-increasing manhunt stayed a step behind them. Sorry, said Jack groggily. I must have dozed off, man. Where are we? We're home. We just left the highway fifteen minutes ago, and it's taken a while for me to remember where Queen's Court is. I hope to God no one recognized me, since I must have gone by the student center at least three times, said Jeremy. We'll have to double back to Queen's Court on foot, cause I'm about to ditch this car. Just remember to stay away from the street as we move through the neighborhood. The address you've got had better be the right one, Jackie. Jeremy glanced at him wearily. The red rims around his piercing green eyes brought a haggard look to his otherwise handsome features. At least the welts and bruises across the top of his lip and right cheek had faded noticeably since the beating he received the night before. It's the right one, assured Jack. The images from his dream still fresh, he thought about sharing it. He started to say something, but decided to wait for a more appropriate time. Good said Jeremy. I know it's risky, but we can't be driving around here all night looking for a better place to stash this car. We'll leave it in that alley up ahead and sneak over to 12th Street. Queen's Court should be just a few blocks to the north. He turned into the alley and cut the headlights. Halfway down the narrow street sat a large dumpster. He pulled up behind it and parked the car. After advising Jack to grab the pair of flashlights they purchased earlier that day, he tucked Agent Bo Cochran's 9mm handgun inside the front of his jeans after checking the safety. He then grabbed an extra ammunition clip from beneath the seat and stuffed it in his pocket. Following Jeremy's direction, Jack left a few food items, along with the rifles they carried since surviving their attempted execution almost 24 hours before. Even now, he thought about Agent Peter McNamee, the lone federal agent who befriended him last night, only to be murdered by his colleagues for the dangerous information he shared. Grateful for the miracle that later saved his and Jeremy's lives, he let out a low sigh as he opened the passenger door and stepped quietly onto the graveled road. The dashboard's clock read 9.14 p.m. when Jeremy withdrew the keys from the ignition, tossing them carelessly over his shoulder into the back seat before joining Jack in the alley. Swift and silent, they moved through the shadows until they reached 12th Street, where they proceeded cautiously. Queen's Court was still four blocks away. After cutting through several yards, they located the engraved street marker for 1016. A solitary watchdog behind one of the larger houses noticed the pair's presence, uttering a few gruff barks. But at least none of Dr. Mensch's neighbors were outside enjoying the evening's pleasant temperature from their porches and balconies. "'So, this is the place, huh?' whispered Jeremy, after they ran up the circular driveway and stood before the front porch to the stately English tutor shrouded in darkness. "'Looks like the lawn's just been cut, Jackie. You sure 1016 is the right number?' "'Yeah, I'm positive.' 
confirmed Jack. He too was concerned by the recent attention given the front yard. The house, grand as any on this street, it sat on a large one-acre lot. The nearest street light revealed the yard's flower beds, shrubs, and hedges recently trimmed and weeded. He thought again of his recent dream with the professor. Maybe we should ring the doorbell just in case. Maybe so, agreed Jeremy, as the two stepped through a rose-covered trellis and onto the front porch.